0: Okay, ready? Yeah, I think so. You're going to have to stop exhaling. For me to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well,
1: if you stop making me laugh outwards, <laughs> then I could. <laughs>
0: How's that? <laughs> laugh inwards instead. <laughs> <laughs> That's one for the album. <laughs> Welcome once again aboard Beef Station. Join us as we rocket through the stars at the speed of sound. I'm Oscar. Andrew. Let's get going. Fuck yeah. A uh, bit of a trailer segment to kick off the week, boy. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> boy, is it gonna be a good one? First of all, the movie about the lives of Laurel and Hardy is coming out soon. <laughs> Called Stan and Ollie. Yep. It stars Steve Coogan as Stan Laurel and John C. Riley as Oliver Hardy. I thought everyone knew these guys. I suppose not everyone knows these guys. They were huge silent comedy duo characters in the 1950s.
1: No, you're thinking of Laurel and Yanny, man.
0: <laughs> very, very good. Oh, that was
1: a huge comedy duo in
0: May this year. <laughs> Laurel and Laurel and Yanny and Yanny. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, what are you, you said the same thing four times. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, you Some said classic you, fresh humor for everyone. <laughs> sorry, you, you said what? Are, what are you? What are you talking about this week, honey? Oh, just memes from about eight months ago. Oh, when they find us in a, when they find us on a USB stick in a big hole a hundred years from now, and this is the only representation they have fucking This is the only representation we have of human culture from the 21st century. We are your mascots moving forward and we'll have you treat us as such. Man, these guys are dumbasses. This Stan and Ollie movie actually looks pretty cool, I think. (laughs) I suppose the fact that I had to explain to you who these people even were and I didn't even really know. Yeah. (laughs) Does not really help either if it's getting excited for They (laughs) were famous a while ago (laughs) for, I think, probably movies. Yeah, exactly. Um... That's uh, trailer number one that I'm excited for. Mm. Trailer number two, by the time we release this, it will be out. The it might have actually come out today. Uh, the new Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them movie. Ah, uh, yes. I thought. Have you seen the first one? Yes. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, really good. And really cool, like exploration of a different part of that whole universe. So I think that that's definitely worth getting hyped for. Yeah. If you listen and disagree, then maybe skip next week's episode. Um- <laughs> <laughs> for I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> because we'll be talking about the trailer again um (laughs) the last one is this gonna be part of our new segment at the end oh god or is this gonna be the trailer segment at the start i don't know if i can wait that long i'm Uh, gonna i'm gonna bust the pikachu movie trailer detective pikachu has a two full two minute trailer it shows the little bastard talking it shows all the real world fucked looking pokemon see
1: my favorite thing about it is that it's now hit the point where this is too expensive to be a prank. So it's, it has to be real, because they've committed too hard. Unless, like... I was talking to a friend about this. Unless Ryan Reynolds has personally put, like, millions into the... We're getting fucked. Even into actually of the Deadpool 3 DVD. Oh, God. Honestly,
0: actually, still okay, but... During the week, I can't remember whether I saw stills or a trailer, because I since couldn't find this fucking anywhere on the internet. They're re-releasing Deadpool 2 on DVD in a PG cut. Really? Yeah, yeah. And they're doing it with, like, a framing narrative... And it's like the Princess Bride. I don't know if you've actually seen the Princess Bride. Right. So the idea is, it's this beloved bedtime story that a grandpa is reading to his kid. And so the grandpa is reading the book to the kid, and he and the grandpa skips over the sexy bits, and the kid interrupts. And so you'll be watching this medieval story, and it'll bust out of it halfway through. It's a kid in the bedroom with his grandpa in the '80s, and he's like, "Hold on, grandpa, what do you mean about this bit? That doesn't make sense." And so, like, they're kind of like. Meta narrating the story. That's actually pretty cool. So, this is this, but they've got that kid. So, the eight year old kid who is in The Princess Bride is now like 30. They've got him dressed up in kid pajamas being read the story by by Deadpool. (laughs) <laughs> that's really good. Which is going to convince me to watch Deadpool two again. That is man. great. And yeah. so I imagine we like, oh, that's a uh, that's a little bit saucy. We, we might, might just out. skip over this bit. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what if this is just another fucking weird framing narrative style? Well, like Ryan again. This is the first of the I- I'll call it Neo Reynolds
1: period. Yeah. Right? Where he's just fucking. He's with just us. gonna do like he's gone <laughs> off the rails. He's gonna. Yeah. Pl- he's doing this. He's playing a a. NPC that figures out that he's <laughs> actually an NPC. Like, he's just doing cool as fuck movies. Yeah. And, oh, man. I mean, I, <laughs> this, this. I'm looking... I actually think that the NPC one has a much better chance of being a good movie than this one because this looks unreal. Oh, it's so, so weird. It was crazy. I saw it's so someone, weird.
0: I saw someone online talking about how Deadpool 3 is definitely going to reference the fact that Ryan Reynolds was the biggest Pikachu. Oh Yeah. And
1: yeah. It, 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 it'll be that he fucks Mr. Mime or something. <laughs> Did you end up it's, watching the rest yeah, of the trailer? I didn't watch the whole thing because oh, I'm man. saving it. I'm saving myself. Mr. Mime
0: they is in all the trailer
1: look, and he looks fucked. Like, there's a reason why they didn't... Initially designed Pokemon to be like photorealistic, (laughs) and it's because when you try to make things that are sort of fucked up animals look photorealistic, (laughs) they look really fucked up. So Pikachu like doesn't quite look like a cat, but he doesn't look like a Pokemon anymore. It's like it's
0: an uncanny valley of something that's not human. Psyduck looks fucked. It is so. Psyduck looks like a duck that's been caught in an oil spill. Yeah, or, like, got stung
1: by 20 <laughs> bees, and it's just swollen up That's completely. drills
0: to you, baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, they don't have real animals in this fucking world anymore. They what don't. Is- in, in the Pokemon world, they only have Pokemon, I think. I don't think they have, like, Fuck. real animals. So in this particular case... Like, all of the... That entire world's, like, infrastructure, <laughs> all of its animal products need to come from <laughs> animals.
0: Like, people are drinking milk tank lattes. So does, does that mean that, like... Because I saw someone... Analyze the planes and cars universe And extrapolate out Like well if that means this And that means this Yeah there was like um, a planes World War 2 <laughs> Yeah so that, yeah. they were like Does that mean there was a planes nine eleven? Yeah does there was mean, There were like, planes concentration <laughs> were like, camps how did the Iraq- Where they put yeah. the Polish planes into <laughs> <Yeah>. pol- <laughs> like, plane out How outbursts. did the Iraq war work With like them going in to get oil uh, <laughs> Yeah what were they getting? Blood? <laughs> All sorts of Food? <laughs> in the same way I don't know. There's probably all sorts of crazy expra- extrapolations yeah. that a smarter man than me could make about that. Like, are you skinning Pokemon and using their pelts? And like, yeah, I guess cavemen would have like, I don't know, Rapidash skins and shit. But then
1: there are intelligent Pokemon as well. But they were the intelligent ones were human created, right? Mewtwo and Mew were human creations. Is this so like, the most a natural Pokemon? Pokemon that naturally occur without human intervention. Are any of them intelligent enough to communicate? Because I think it would change the way that, like, if there was a species in the world that could talk to you, I reckon we would, like, not be eating nearly as many fucking animals as we were. Because the animal would just be like, hey, can you not eat things that aren't you?
0: (laughs) Is this the worst conversation we've ever had? I think this is one of the best. One of the best bits of that trailer, I don't know if you made it this far, is like one of the main ideas behind the movie is that the Pikachu can talk, but there's only this one dude can understand him and no one else can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone and then else he turns just to the hears, other one. Then. Everyone else just says Pika Pika, yeah. and so like Ryan. And I'm pretty sure it's actually just Ryan Reynolds going Pika Pika. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like how they got um, Vin Diesel for Guardians of the Galaxy, and his only line of the whole thing was "I am Groot." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. God, I want to know how much they paid him for that. The guys that do Red vs. Blue, that web series that's all animated through Halo. It's a machinima, thank you very much. (laughs) So yes, they screen record themselves doing Halo shit in first person, and then the guys dub it over, and it's like a TV show on the internet. Now see, Um,
1: I know that, because I grew up with it. That's for you fucking non-gamer plebs out there. idiot listeners. You
0: untermensch. The guy, so they've done now, now like 12 seasons of it, or 15, something some ridiculous number of seasons. The guy that plays one of the main characters says he refuses to say the word, <laughs> say the phrase, yes, sir. Because <laughs> he says, like, I've said that four times in every single episode we've done for the last 10 seasons. There is no possible permutation of that phrase that I haven't yet said go back and find it and edit it in <laughs> so yeah like, yeah yeah when he goes to the script for that he, he, he skips over it yeah I said so the same thing like by guidance of the galaxy 3 is there any new iteration of like I am Groot that Vin Diesel can possibly say they'll probably
1: <laughs> I, I feel like you just make him record them anyway you know You're, he's getting more into the character he's probably delivering them better than he was back in the first one but this time he, Groot has the sadness of James Gunn being fired weighing down on him <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I watched, a, I listened listening to an old podcast interview with the guys that made uh, Swiss Army Man the other oh, day. Oh, yeah. That's a p- side note. I, I don't yeah. think I've mentioned that before. That's a great fucking really film. Really good movie. Daniel was,
1: Radcliffe's, um, one of his little, like, weird, I'm trying not to be the guy who fucked a horse- on stage. <laughs> yeah. like, no, he's trying not to be films. Harry Potter by fucking
0: a horse on stage.
1: That's true, um, but then everyone was like, oh, did you hear Harry Potter? <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: horse it's, fucker? <laughs> it's actually, it's a great podcast and it's a website as well. It's called The Talk House and so this was, there's no like presenter. It's always one artist interviewing another artist. So in this case, it was Kamayla Langiani interviewing the guys who directed uh, Swiss you But there are other articles where it's like some band, a singer from some band Writes a record review For some other band's album Or whatever So it's really cool um, Like they got Lou Reed From the Velvet Underground To write a review of Yeezus
1: I always Whenever anyone says The name Lou Reed I think Lou Baker Right that's why That's why I Gave so, you the little yeah. From the Velvet Underground Because I'm like Is that guy even still alive? <laughs> so I was like,
0: fuck He's gonna mention Lou Baker again Yeah <laughs> Like, um, well, yeah, he
1: wrote Mumbo Number 5. Of course, Mamba's years M- is going to pale in comparison. <laughs> what happened to Mumbo's
0: 1 through 4? I remember as a young child, back when, like... Mumbo number 5 was the coolest song on the no, planet.
1: No, back when, uh, like, there was, like... It was one of those things where, like, a cousin that you don't see very yeah. often comes to a family thing. And they had, uh, like, a, a burnt MP3 CD yeah. with shitloads of tracks on it. And they somehow had one of the readouts <laughs> that could show you the track names. And I remember listening to Mumbo Number 6... <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I, even as like <laughs> and you've been chasing, even it even as since like then. a
1: nine-year-old, I was like,
0: "Does this guy, does this
1: fucking just write mumbo's?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thought it was and like I, d- I still don't know, and it was different. I and still it's, don't It was know. a new label because his, his cousin was old unreleased. enough
1: that it would be like. <laughs> How fucking funny would it be if I called Mumbo number five, Mumbo number six? This <laughs> is my own little personal joke.
0: And I don't know the answer to that, and I'm not looking it up. It's like there's this there's this guy on the internet who has gone through Beatles solo albums, like George Harrison and stuff and Paul McCartney stuff, and edited and spliced together like mixes of those songs, and said it's a new Beatles album that was recorded in the 70s or the 80s that fell through a time hole. Right. And it's just his little DJ mix of songs, but like every single every single place on the internet, that this little mix album is available. He maintains that he like fell through a time uh, like a time hole, right? And came back with this cassette tape. That's great. It's like I fell through a time warp and I met a man in the desert who insisted in the in the parallel universe I was in, the Beatles never broke up, and here's their album. It's called Split Infinities or whatever. And like, that's neat. Crazy.
1: That shit's only good if you commit super hard Commits to it, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, But then
0: you're like, that's just the rift to band on the Run. He's like, Yo. You would have thought of that roof anyway. Yeah, exactly. That's in a new Beatles' now it's wings. <gasps> it is a new Beatles' album. <laughs> um, so, Camille Lanziani and the guys who directed Swiss Army Man were talking about how um, oh, we've
1: come right back. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Going back to the I am Groot thing, they said their main aim for Swiss Army Man was to have a movie where the first fart makes you laugh and the last fart makes you cry.
1: <laughs> and, and how did it?
0: <laughs> really good. Um, Very good. Should I would have we-
1: said their main aim was just like let's get someone really fucking famous and then like. A significant amount of the film is them as a speedboat,
0: yeah. powered by they, their own. They farts. said it was also hilarious that they managed to get Daniel Radcliffe to play a dead he's body. He's so in the film. good. <laughs> he's so
1: good. He's like, and he's probably the most underrated physical actor I've yeah. ever seen
0: because he never had to do anything as Harry Potter. And also apparently likes ballpark music. Oh really? Yeah, I saw oh, some like I saw some mad. like behind the scenes interview where he was like talking for 20 minutes while shit was being set up on set somewhere and he was like scrolling through his um like laptop music library how he had music and it's a ballpark on there huh. like that first album yeah what? yeah. oh baby that is a good um, one. this episode not about any of that shit people famously love when we go on about nothing <laughs> for 20 minutes yeah absolutely um, let's keep it going this episode we just had grilled it's pretty <laughs> <Yeah>. good <laughs> I had the yet. vegan cheeseburger uh, the first time you've ever had that today today <laughs> 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 First time this week. <laughs> um, this which episode is five in two weeks. <laughs> so th- this episode, we're both. Well, I was personally pretty excited for the Queen Bohemian Rhapsody mm. movie that came out this week. I think you were a bit nonplussed about the whole thing. I but-
1: read the Metacritic reviews and it was getting like straight five out of 10s across the board. Yeah. Which for me means this is a terrible movie yeah. and a waste of my time. So, so I like, went in All with.
0: All right, Oscar, I'll go along to see your dad it rock movie. It was about that enthusiast. Yeah. And it was um,
1: like, this is going to be a terrible fucking movie, whatever. So very
0: low expectations. Very <laughs> curious to see whether the Rotten Tomato score more accurately reflects my feelings on the thing. Um, but. Um- I think it did, actually. We can talk about that movie in a moment, but we thought a good movie to pair that with would be Ray. Mm. Maybe a few of our listeners might not be familiar with that. Ray is a movie starring Jamie Foxx from 2004, correct. all about the life of Ray Charles. Also um, correct. I'm sure most of you know Ray That's Charles. Ray two from two. <laughs> Ray Charles, huge uh, soul singer, started in the 50s and 60s, was credited with inventing like modern soul and gospel music. Yeah, He was
1: one of the first people to take... Gospel and combine it with
0: elements of rhythm and blues blues music. Music. Let's talk about the Queen movie first, if you'd like. Sure. Uh, Stars Remy Malik, who I'd never heard of before, but I think he'd been in like weird American uh, sitcom, not not sitcom, weird American comedy type stuff. Um, Apparently, they saw him on some show called Mr. Robot and they were like, that guy's Freddie. We want him. And i um, oh, really took him down for an
1: interview and I gotta look this it. shit up. And again, this is we have got a good return to form on like Yeah sorry, let's let it take five for a minute. Not bothering to <laughs> do any research before the the pod, but We I um having facts at the ready that could easily have been verified <laughs> that instead we just say, Don't know if this is true or not, but how's this?
0: Let's 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 Someone
1: chat. told me that you so obviously famously Freddie Mercury's teeth, pretty fucked. So Rami Malek, teeth, great. Oh yeah. In the film Teeth Fucked. So, he had to
0: have prosthetics put in. Oh. Right? No, I I thought they just took him to a farm and got a horse to kick his mouth. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) With teeth on its (laughs) hooves? Yeah. He wore, like, a big, like, fake dentures thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, he apparently wore it for months in order to get used to it.
1: Apparently, he read about the part and wanted it so badly that- And this is interesting because this sounds not compatible with what you were saying- (laughs) which is that he read that they were taking auditions for it and he wanted to be Freddie mercury so badly yeah. that he independently went out and got a set of dentures made for yeah. him that he wore to the interview
0: i mean maybe they were sure yeah his teeth his he owned them <laughs> I mean, they went, weren't, went, to a, like went to a print to shop the, a 3d print shop gave him his teeth like can you just enlarge these by 20% well, please well it wasn't like
1: everyone <laughs> that they auditioned when they got into the uh, the waiting room they yeah. were just like ah oh, fucking put these in <laughs> like not everyone would have yeah, kind of done that, well, so, 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 interesting. Is, so
0: interesting. So interesting, he's, he's talked a bit that about the characterization of Freddie Mercury right. and sort of how he got into character. And he said that, um, so Freddie is very <laughs> enthusiastic and very vibrant uh, and sort of flamboyant on stage and he's a great showman. Um, and apparently... Freddie Mercury was asked by the Royal London Ballet or something back when he was alive to perform in some production because they right. thought he was an amazing dancer just because of the graceful way he moved and he got there and then they realised that he's not a good dancer. Oh. <laughs> and so apparently the way it worked was that um, the ballet dancers just lifted him up and he sort of pointed his arms and legs in graceful ways like he does. Um, but Remy Malek, so in order to preparation for the concert footage that they do, yep. um, worked with the choreographers and that and that didn't quite yeah, okay. work out. And so instead he worked with like a movement coach to like yeah, capture right. the essence of like exactly how this Freddy Andy like circus. thrust his arm out. Yeah, that sort of shit. Yeah. like Andy Zirkus level, like understanding physically how this character How moves. a character would move, yeah. Um, huh. And he talked as well, yeah. And so he, t- he talked as well about the idea that he wanted to understand why Freddy does the things he does. Because he's a real person, so you sort of have to get under their skin a bit, which is... Maybe a lot of actors do this, but it was the first movie I've been interested enough to sort of understand why the character did it. Because he he fucking looked like Freddie Mercury, man. It did a fair bit. Oh, my God. There's a side-by-side (laughs) video. My dad, who would have grown up during the actual era of
1: Queen, was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to reconcile the fact that he doesn't look a lot like Freddie Mercury. I'm like, (laughs) I think he looks a shitload like Freddie Mercury I, like it I think he looks exact- an unbelievable amount like <laughs> yeah, Freddie Mercury like yeah. you find a fucking famous actor that looks like closer to another celebrity <laughs> musician than he looks to Freddie Mercury
0: I got nothing but wouldn't it have been great if I came out with something instantly right now I'd say Jamie Foxx and Ray Charles <laughs> <be>. <laughs> yeah goodbye <laughs> <laughs> bit slow to warm up I mate <laughs> yeah that was good so he was talking about how he wanted to understand why Freddie did the things he did. And so, for example, with his teeth, that's what reminded me of it. He was apparently called, uh, Freddie Mercury was like bullied in school for his teeth and was called yep. Bucky and everything because of his big buck teeth. Oh Well, I wouldn't have figured that out yeah, if he you didn't. No. <laughs> You're welcome. Because as a child, he discovered Buckminster Fuller and <laughs> <laughs> all of his classmates. Just uh, real dang impressive. <laughs> the other three that. members of the band Really had
1: to wrestle Buckyball <laughs> As the working title off him
0: <laughs> Love to see his Balls. Remy Malik apparently said that when he, um, when he had the teeth in He felt a bit self-conscious about it When he was on set Because he kept them on While he was walking around set Between takes and that And he said he found himself Sort of sitting a bit taller And prouder And presenting him Trying to Present himself in a more confident way And he sort of went Oh maybe that's Maybe that's where Freddie gets it from Mm. And that kind of attention to detail I really dig in this movie I thought the main strength of this movie Straight out of the gate was Remy Malik's performance.
1: Yeah, because I mean for if nothing else, and this is this is circling back to the casting. Yeah. You spend so fucking long looking at his face oh in God. this movie. Yeah. Like uh, maybe a, a quarter or a third of the screen time yeah. he's he has, whether or not it's his whole body or his face. So yeah. if they didn't cast someone and if that person that they cast didn't kind of wasn't excellent, this was going to be a terrible fucking train wreck. Yeah. So um so yeah. Really, really can't praise his performance highly enough, I think. There was never a moment where he didn't... I mean, again, Queen is a little before my time. I obviously have heard most of their songs, but I certainly didn't... Like grow up up listening to them. Yeah, kind of before it was famous in the... Maybe in the revival or I don't know, just as one of those bands that's kind of famous from the 80s. Exactly. But I didn't really know much about Freddie Mercury, I guess, other than he was gay and how he died because that's kind of an unfortunate aspect of his like lasting his legacy beyond his music. That, yeah. yeah, exactly. So <clears throat> the fact that I was absolutely captivated by Malik's performance yeah. the whole time he was on screen. He was, he was I, you know, I. Uh, it sounds cliche, but I forgot I was watching a character yeah. and it just felt like I was watching Freddie. Freddie Mercury in moments of his personal life. It was really, really excellent. Yeah, really and so,
0: and so I think that like... Uh, as a way of doing a bit of a contrast between Ray, um, the Ray Charles movie, and this Queen movie, straight out of the gate, I think that this Queen movie felt a lot more like, almost like a dramatized documentary. Yes, if that makes any sense. It does. Whereas the Ray movie felt like a film about Ray Charles. A docu-drama. Lot- <laughs> right, I suppose so. There were a lot more in the Ray. There were a lot more like. Filmy kind of qualities to it, where they were trying to be a bit arty about it, if you will. Mm. Whereas in this, it really just felt like, <laughs> if all the band members had still been young and good actors, they would have used them. Well, and <laughs> you, part, part of if that, you know what I mean, right? Yeah, I like, think
1: part of it is like, part of it is, uh, I think, attributable to the timelines of each of the films, yeah. where. In Queen, I don't think it jumps backwards or forwards. Maybe right at the start of the movie. We yeah, get, so, so it's it really starts like a with a Live Aid concert, but then it jumps back to... So, it starts at the end of the movie, then... Jumps back 10 years jumps and shows back you how they lead and, up and, to it. And exactly. And that's yeah. the end point of the movie is this, this, the first 45 seconds or whatever. Yeah. But in Ray, getting back into the narrative arc... There's heaps of
0: flashbacks. Um, it covers a span of like yeah. twenty years, and I think it really gives like you that. a better understanding of his internal psyche. Instead sort of yeah. it sort of flashes back between his child, like major events of his childhood, and yep. then his present day, heavily
1: coloured by things like, like when he was a very young child, first learning to play the piano, yeah. uh, witnessing the death of his brother. All sorts of experiences he had with his mother when um, he was, it was going his mom blind. Yeah, exactly. And but they're all in, in this them. distinct place that he uh, sets off from at the very start of the film, which yeah. is kind of the, I guess, uh, village or town. It kind of looks like a slum that he kind grew of up area, in. I, yeah. I don't know to, where it was. Like, probably the 40s. in. I think I think he's from it's in like the deep side. I think, I think right? it's was
0: Florida. I think he's from Florida. Ooh.
1: Okay. Interesting. Because yeah. then he kind of was very big in Georgia and a lot of the other southern uh, states. Yeah, I think it might just be because of that song though. Yeah, but he but spent yeah. a lot of time touring yeah. there and, and had a fair influence on the race yeah. ride stuff there as well. So yeah. I think he was big in probably the whole of the States at yeah. least. But, but Yeah.
0: And so I just thought it was interesting that so Ray really covers like almost his whole like from when he's it's born. It's trying to give you Yeah, the whole picture. Yeah. yeah, from when he's born right up to when he's sort of forty or so. Yeah. Um whereas this Queen thing sort of covers from when Freddie Mercury first joins Queen to when Queen plays the big concert 10 years later.
1: Yeah, okay. So it's the lifespan of Queen, not the lifespan of
0: Freddie. Which is really interesting, actually. I hadn't thought about that. It's kind of a... And so, interestingly, this film the executive producers of the Queen movie are the lead guitarist and drummer of Queen. Yep. Uh, they, uh, the, the, bass, ba- play, the bass player is still alive but he's sort of out of the limelight. Dad said like no one really knows where he is. He's like some private farmer somewhere in the world. Right. and he doesn't give interviews. Queen has reformed and gone on tour with different singers and things um, and the bass player has just never rejoined and never gotten in any, any Queen shit. Like if they ever have any, you know, interviews for, you know, retrospectives he of their albums or whatever, it. it's nothing to do with it. Right. Um, but the Drummer and the guitarist are still very much all in. Um, they were apparently on set all the time and really oh, involved wow, cool. and really interested in making the movie happen. They were like instrumental in picking Remy. Yeah. At, <laughs> yeah in picking Remy as the. Pretty lead instrumental in Queen as well. <laughs> they were on set a lot. Um, and so uh, that comes to one of my main gripes with the film was that a lot of the film kind of seemed like there was this like reality distortion field yeah. around all the events surrounding people talking about Queen. It's very like, glamorous. There's literally a scene where like, there's a record exec who's like, you kids are crazy. No one will les- listen to this. Bohemian Rhapsody? What is that? I hate it. Yeah. There's no way anyone is ever going
1: to like or remember or value this piece of shit song. Yeah, exactly. Mark my words. <laughs> P.S. I'm a fucking loser. <laughs> Donkey. That's a direct quote yeah, yeah 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 so about 20 minutes Into that guy's lines My partner leans across to me And goes Is that fucking Mike Myers
0: <laughs> I didn't realise Because he has this wig And glasses yeah. on And you're he's, right He's wearing like The proper makeup equivalent Of like a Groucho Marx Fucking pair of glasses he, he Of moustache. He slips mustache. into Shrek Like 20 minutes into the scene yeah. And suddenly like, Oh my god it's Shrek oh, fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get out of my recording studio. <laughs> Less than familiar. There's no way it was, no weird, was it. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. Um, yeah. So, like in that in that uh, scene, for example, where they they've brought A night at the opera, their finished album to this mm. record exec. Um, the record exec is literally like, "Why can't you kids, you crazy kids, follow a formula? I want you to follow a formula." Yeah. People like and Brian formulas. May. Brian May's like, "I don't want to follow a formula. I want to be creative." Yeah. There's literally a scene where they sit around and go, "We are legends. Yes, we are all legends." Yep. Like,
1: it's yeah. I think there's a lot of self-congratulatory of, of shit.
0: And Freddie Mercury's performance, yeah. there were a
1: few lines or scenes that were. Yeah Poor <laughs> There was a lot of shit I was like oh
0: come on Would you have said that If Brian May wasn't sitting on yeah, the set no. The whole time No <laughs>
1: Absolutely not um, <laughs> Would you have said that If Brian May wasn't like Making manual alterations To the script the
0: whole time <laughs> Yeah exactly So then that was like So as the film The first hour of the film Is really sort of showing Queen From playing in bars With a different lead singer That guy yep. quits And Freddie joins the band And they sort of go from Strength to strength But it never quite shows you I mean we know that Queen But it never quite gives any evidence As to why they're suddenly Becoming successful
1: Mm. Like Yeah, it does just go from like- sort of like playing at a shitty bar, record their deal, first album. stadium Yeah, it almost goes that quickly yeah. It's, it's, yeah And they almost like walk out of the recording studio And their manager walks up to them and is like I got you a fucking tour Yeah, exactly you know, it's, it's that kind um, of, yeah, fast-paced And fast-paced because thing
0: Yeah, and, and then because it starts with Live Aid And then cuts back 10 years Live Aid- is like the most iconic performance of their career. It's mm. one of the most iconic rock performances of all time. If you don't know about it, go and look it up. It's It'll incredible. Did be, yeah. you end up watching it? Oh, not man. the whole thing. You, you a, it's incredible. But I like, barely had time to watch these yeah. five games. <laughs> <movies. laughs> yeah. um, it's one of the most iconic rock performances of all time. And so seeing the trailer and seeing this start, me like, oh man, they're going to do Live Aid. Already, you see like, this guy looks like Freddie. You've seen him do, like, recreate the performances, look like he's singing. They all look yeah. like they're playing. You're like, fuck, they're going to do Live Aid. And then it cuts back 10 years. You're like, well, fuck, well, now I want to see his Live Aid. Just show me Live Aid. Just show me Live Aid. And I then not think
1: anyone. Or I don't think most of the viewership would have been like quite frothing at the mouth for that. As you, I'm sort of
0: overdoing it a bit, but like the fact that they they teased you. Yeah, I mean, I don't know whether it's a spoiler for the end of the film as like a nice little treat to say, and I'm saying this slowly to give you time to turn off your little iPod um, to say that they show you all of the live aid performance. Yeah,
1: it's. It's ridiculous like,
0: how much of that you get. It's a full, they show you like the full 20 minute performance or something. I think yep. maybe they cut like one crazy little whatever, thing called yeah. Love or whatever it is. Yep. But like, it's like 15 minutes. Yep. Um, and so the fact that they've gone to that much trouble to recreate that whole thing, and they do it incredibly, by the way. That was the, you know, that was the first day of filming, was that? The live Jesus. performance? Day Day one, That's first insane. day of filming, Brian May and Roger Taylor on set these dudes have to get up and pretend to be queen. Yeah. And they were talking about in it, like- In their on, biggest performance of their yeah, entire life. <laughs> on Fallon or something, the guy was talking, he was like, and Remy Malik was saying like, I mean, at the start, I kind of wondered like, why the fuck would you do that? Why would you make this day one? And he goes, I realized like, if they had filmed a whole bunch of the weird dramatic scenes and love scenes and then gotten like a month in and then tried to record the Live age shit and realized we were crap, they would have wasted a whole lot of money. Getting it out in day one. If they get out in day one and we're crap, they can be like, all right, we'll scrap the movie. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't have to watch None Low of Budget Queen for the next six <laughs> yeah, months. Yeah, yeah, um, true. But yeah, it just made me which, like, it really just felt like the whole movie made me want to see the live-aid performance. Right. And then when I got to the live-aid performance, that's the only bit of the whole movie that is already footage that exists yeah, that I could go have and just gone elsewhere. home and watched. Yep. Like... Sure, it's good, and it's nice to see it cinematically, but it's not as good as the but actual But you're seeing footage. it on stage with Queen. Yeah, and so that's the thing. It's definitely really cinematically done. You yeah. get a different perspective of it. They've clearly, like... like Literally, like, the way the guitarist sways during certain songs, he's recreated exactly. Like, these yeah. guys are moving perfectly. It looks like... If you didn't know... It looks faces, like a high-definition remaster if, yeah, if, of if, the live If you, you didn't know it well enough yeah. to know what Freddie Mercury's face looks like, you would think that you're watching the actual thing. Yeah. It looks incredible. Yeah. Um, but... The whole time, I'm like, well, fuck, man. Like, at least make the rest of the story well-written enough and compelling enough yeah. to make it that to make me not think, why am I just watching the live performance right now? Because right. the whole time, I was just wishing that the shit, the, the drama between him and his bandmates and between him and his partners and that would just end, and I could just skip to the bit with the performances. Yep. And I think that was the, the weakness of the movie, was that they didn't really go into making those personal moments of the film and the sort of not music bits of the film, the Mm. story bits, as interesting as I hope they would
1: be. Yeah, and I I heard, so uh, one thing that people might have heard about this movie is that initially Sasha Baron Cohen was in talks to play the part of Freddie Mercury. And apparently the reason why he was ditched was because he wanted to uh, change the script to go into, either he wanted to change the script or the script in its first version went into way more of the dark shit around Freddie Mercury yeah. focused a lot more on his personal demons and um, the troubles that he encountered along the way and then I see, think the executive producer stepped in and just kind of said hey look that's not what we, what we want out of this see, movie I feel
0: like the film had heaps of that already I feel like it the did, film had too it but it never much really explored it like right? th- there's a whole section in the film where Freddie is kind of out of it and kind of in a drug haze and he's kind of being misled by his business partner slash mm. romantic partner um, to leave Queen and try and pursue his solo career. Um, and that segment of the film where he's not in Queen anymore and he's just partying every night and trying to make a solo record goes for like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. And I thought that whole scene was too long and overdone. Well, okay. And let not me interesting Let me play all. devil's Advo- the advocate so for a second. All I, to, I mean yeah. is I think they had heaps of that dark shit.
1: I don't think they... Uh, I think I, that would have been I a think worse in movie. in comparison to... Well, it would have been a different movie, yeah. for sure. And I think that's what Baron Cohen wanted, and yeah. that's not what these guys wanted. And, and yeah. that's okay. Those are two very different films, yeah. and you can't really manage both in the same
0: space, but... Yeah, because I feel like um, I got the idea, you know? Like, I got the idea that he had problems yeah. with drugs and parties, and he was a bit of an asshole, but like, and he was sort of flamboyant. Let, me, let, yeah, me, sorry, let yeah. me throw something at you.
1: Freddie Mercury, one of the biggest gay icons in recent history, yeah? Yeah. How much representation of actual gay intimacy did we get on the screen?
0: He was famously private about being gay. He never, he very, very rarely, I think he he announced that he had AIDS 24 hours before he died of AIDS. Sure. He deliberately booked hospital sessions for his AIDS treatment at five o'clock in the morning so that no one would see him going into the AIDS Yeah, like, I understand. I think and it was, and like it was like it was much s- worse. It was a secret. It was illegal. However, like, <laughs> I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh,
1: however, I guess my question is, wouldn't it have been interesting to show that really private side of Freddie yeah, Mercury? Yeah, I see what you mean. Right? And it's a different movie, yeah. definitely, very much so. But I guess, does it... Skim over that issue less. I think yeah. it would. So I actually would have really liked to see the kind of, for lack of a better term, Baron Cohen version of this movie, where it explored, um, kind of the, uh, not not in an exploitative way, or, um, but just where, or in it, like a deliberately raunchy where way. Where we got or a li- yeah, yeah, but but where we got a little more insight into Freddie's. Uh, emotions in his private life, yeah. I guess, See, I because think- it was always it
0: was always yeah. uh, a, a road bump in the way of Queen in this yeah. movie. And so I think we got heaps. In my opinion, I think we got heaps of that. I think it was just somehow not, and I don't know how it could have been better. But I think it was mm. just somehow delivered in a way that just felt ham-fisted and heavy-handed right. and not interesting. But if it so was the less s- of that, yeah. I then mean, what happens? Not, see, I don't. It's not less. I just want it to be done differently somehow. Like right. even like there were scenes that just went on a bit too long. Like it even just okay. seemed like the the editing was so maybe sloppy and slow. Or an thing, yeah. Literally to the point where like you would say a line and the camera would be on your face for like a second just too a bit long. too long. So I, it just it just seemed like a whole bunch yeah, of scenes okay. would go on to, to the point where it was it was frustrating to me well, watching these scenes going a bit too long and being like I get the idea of this scene and like. Like there was a whole, there was like a really long scene where Freddie Mercury is sitting in his empty house and the whole place is fucking covered in like Coke and like yeah. empty beer bottles and shit. And then his business douche partner guy comes home bringing all these party guys, being like, "Everyone, come meet Freddie! Come meet Freddie, everyone!" Mm. And that whole scene happened like twice and went on a lot. And I sort of was like, "I I get the idea of what you're trying to do here." Right. and it Just there was a lot of repetition, and I know it's hard because it's based on real life. And It's like, "Oh well, yeah, that happened more than once." But like, no, yeah. there was a lot of repetition, and I feel like they're showing me shit. To give me this certain feeling. Right. And I got that feeling immediately. And it's sometimes we just repeat this it. This might like, be getting
1: into a little more of I mean, the man? technical,
0: ah, uh, I didn't get that same sensation. Um, yeah. But
1: I, like, I totally get what you mean. Here's
0: what I wrote, I wrote this one down the We Will Rock You scene where Brian May's like, I want to sing oh, I wanna that went a song off of way too long. that yeah. everyone can feel. Everyone experiences And he does the stamp stamp clap Stamp stamp clap And the whole band And all the groupies yeah. In the studio Get the hang of it And then Freddie walks in late And then they explain it to Freddie Again yep. On camera yep. It's that sort of shit Well I felt like That sort of shit happened A lot throughout the yeah. movie Where he literally explained The whole premise behind the song Twice in the same scene And
1: it feels and like, I was like why That am was I- probably <laughs> just Brian May And his mates
0: Being like That's not how it Reliving the glory days no, yeah. or, or, or reliving the glory
1: days Of like Man what fucking geniuses Are we yeah. To have like Come up with that On the spot yeah. You know um, Which yeah Sure yeah. Pacing was off um,
0: yeah. And maybe that's so, just What it was Maybe if they'd cut down A little bit of that I would've been less frustrated With those scenes It'd Yeah be I-, I think part
1: of the reason Why you know again I said it's been getting yeah. It's Metacritic Is like 49 at the moment Which yeah. I think is a bit unfair. It's never. It's not the best movie, but like I really enjoyed. I don't it. think it was below yeah. half out of ten. So. I enjoyed
0: it. I suppose my main. The reason why I'm being so critical is because I enjoyed the performance scenes so much. Yeah, they were and really, the, really the the scenes where Freddie Mercury strength. was being Freddie. I enjoyed so much when he was just being charming and jokey with yeah. the bandmates. That was so great. Also, like, when it wasn't great, it was annoying to me that yeah. it wasn't great. Because I'm like, well, fuck, man, that other bit was great. Another upshot
1: <laughs> of this film, which I feel is a bit of a cheap one to give it credit for, but yeah. I will nonetheless, is yeah. that and I think it's just Queen's music, <laughs> I spent at least a third of this film with Goosebumps.
0: Just, yeah. Just
1: because the fucking music was so good. It just, like... The music is just it good, made yeah, It made I'm, me... Yeah, I'm not a big Queen fan, but Ugh. every time you hear those fucking songs, they are tapping into something. Yeah. Like, like, like they're just... They're hitting the bedrock of, like... yeah.
0: Even just like the audio accessible production music. of yeah. them, like the like the guitar sound on *Killer it's Queen* incredible. just makes you go like, "Oh, it's, in, it's yeah. incredible!" It really the, is. The phaser that Freddie puts on yeah. his vocals. Um, I watched the making of, behind the scenes, where Brian May's fucking with the 24-track tape for *Bohemian Rhapsody*, yep. and he like fades everything out except for Freddie's like eight vocal layers of himself at the start. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That sounds incredible. Mm. And he fades in like the the guide piano track that he plays the whole way through the song. That's like faded out in sections where you can't yep. hear. Incredible. Yeah. All the little layers and layers and layers and layers that are on all these songs. Yeah. And they really gave a fuck. I think that was one of the best bits of the film was watching the, yeah, the studio Yeah, those, those two. Scenes. so
1: Some of the really amazing performances and then seeing the fruition of Queen's music were the two strongest parts of this film, really, definitely. So, getting back to some of the technical stuff, which you were mentioning earlier with, like, the editing processes and that sort of thing, I just wanted to to kind of get your thoughts on um, how it was as a film as opposed to as a documentary, I guess. So, the director is Brian Singer, who is by no means a novice Mm. um, and also hasn't done any of this sort of shit before, really. Yeah. So, he directed the first X-Men movie... Uh, back in 2000. Yeah. He, he also directed The Usual Suspects. Um, he did uh, Superman Returns, unfortunately. He's done a couple of episodes of House. Yeah. Um, he's done a fair bit. And, and so, I guess, like, his biggest major thing recently was X-Men Apocalypse, which was not particularly well received, I don't think, back in 2016. And then this, now. Yeah. So... I
0: heard an interesting fact about Brian Singer's directorial work on this film, actually, in that it was directed by Brian Singer, but he bailed, or was somehow gotten rid of from being the director of the film, like very shortly before it wrapped right. and the rest of the directorial work for those last few weeks had to be finished up by someone else Okay, but there's some sort of guild laws or union laws Where that meant that his name be... still had to be on the thing and the other guy couldn't get credit for mm, it
1: okay well there you go well I don't know who that was but he is the one who we'll speed up that post manual yeah sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about to really Plus now <laughs> <laughs> no Um, so yeah, you got to pick a speed for the whole podcast, mate. (laughs) We're going to (laughs) be triple time. Um, so I I guess if he's making fucking really amateur errors, like the pacing of this film just felt off. It feels like he doesn't really have an excuse for that. I mean, to an extent, yeah, that, that comes down to the editor and the, the producers and stuff, but,
0: yeah, um, like it really annoyed me in some sections. Yeah, there were there were definitely
1: scenes in this that were that yeah. were too long. So, but I was going to say in terms of this film was in many ways spectacular, and I yeah. don't mean that in just a, a meaningless way. It was a spectacle to watch as Queen were a spectacle to watch. I think it's worth seeing in the cinema. Uh, yeah, absolutely. If anything and just to with get
0: the big noise. Yeah, get all the big volume music in yeah. Yeah. I yep. think yep. it was fantastic. Interestingly, Remy Malek I suppose they wouldn't have been able to get him to actually sing. Remy Malik does all the lips like he lip syncs to actual queen music. Which but you can barely criticize. You never ever notice. No, I, someone, could, very, have, someone could have someone could have told good. me he was actually singing and yeah. I would have believed you if He's I wasn't just so a, some, familiar with some the music. Freddie Mercury sound yeah, yeah. vocal clone. Um because it it's it's
1: extremely well done. Um, it's incredible, and uh, and yeah, that definitely never causes an issue with the film. And like, what what what's the alternative? You actually find a next Freddie Mercury? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's not going to happen. The guy had a fucking—he was born with four extra teeth, and that's why he sounded how he did. <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. So I don't. I, I've had. I've read some stupid criticism of that. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, what the fuck would you have done, man? Yeah, exactly. You know, if no. you wanted to make um, this movie. So I thought
0: it was incredible and really worth watching that. Really good. Um, and like
1: also the way that so some of the editing is a bit off, some of the pacing. Yeah. There are a couple of lines of dialogue. I actually turned to you at one point when someone, one of the band members, said something to another one, and I was like, that was shit. Yeah. That was a really <laughs> bad fucking line. Yeah. There are a couple of lines that Actually, properly broke me out of the movie, and I yeah. was just like, "Oh, I'm watching a fucking movie right now."
0: It's l- but, literally like where they're like, "Let's stick with formulas. Formulas make money," and they're like, "We don't want to make money. We want to make yeah. art."
1: It wasn't even like that. It was it was like a casual line, like he's being a real dick or something. It was just <laughs> silly. Anyway, um, but. The lighting in this film is really incredible. And yeah. I, uh, some of the stuff, <laughs> some, some of the things that you wouldn't necessarily appreciate how hard it would be, lighting uh, an interior concert would be <laughs> extremely difficult to get that on yeah. film properly. Um, and it was done really well sometimes. So you get a, a lot of interior shots of Mercury's dwellings, various, and um, some of those are really, he was clearly a, um, a person with some... Um, Ostentatious taste. I'm looking for. Yeah, let's go with ostentatious. Yeah. He, uh, so, the, you know, he had v- really fucking interesting taste and it made his, the interiors of his house look really interesting. Yeah. The way those the are constructed and put on incra- film. Like, yeah, all the little I guess interiors that's in that, yeah. a, a very, very quick way of saying yeah. what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, they look really good. Yeah. Uh, all of the costuming and stuff is great as well. Yeah. So, the technical
0: production or the, the physical production aspects of this film, really strong. Yeah. I thought a lot of the acting in this film was great as well. I was worried that maybe the rest of the band members would just be dudes who look like the band members, but like which they the, do, they do. But, but I, I thought they would be like, a, but like, they're all great. I think. I mean, the drummer I think is probably the weakest actor for no real reason. Like I, don't I know am struggling way. to distinguish them. Um, the drummer is yeah. the guy with the blonde mullet. Oh yeah, yeah plays yeah. the drums. Yeah, he was yeah. the one who delivered the line right <laughs> I to you
1: and said that was shit. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, yeah I think um, was the guy who list,
0: writes yeah. "I'm in love with my car." Um, <laughs> uh, the bass play is great.
1: The yeah. bass player has all these great the faces.
0: Yeah. Hair. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think the guitar couldn't. I, I just, I just, I was they impressed by, by the fact that the actors weren't shit. They were, maybe yeah, that's they going were, they into the same good. sort of like lower standard. They weren't uh, quite Mary, as good as Freddie Mercury, yeah, but the lady yeah. who played Mary was really good. Yes, I thought. also excellent. She was really compelling. I should figure, we should
1: find out her name. I think it's fair to. I don't think so. Credit, I think in typical B
0: station fashion, we can just move on.
1: Um. <laughs> uh, Lucy Boynton um, and <laughs> Boynton. Yeah, B O Y N T O N. Lucy town. Very good. Um, what's 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 she done? So she's done, uh, not a whole lot. Oh, she was in Murder in the Orient Express, apparently.
0: Oh yeah yeah yeah. She played one of the um the characters in that.
1: <laughs> Thanks for your insight.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> she was very good. Very yeah. good um, and I thought that the way that their relationship was reflected on screen was also excellent. The yeah. fact that you know they did have this close human connection that could really never be sexual um, yeah. in some ways or you know fulfilling to Freddie was really heartbreaking
0: Well because apparently that was that was a real true um, a true representation of their relationship. Even after he came to terms with his sexuality, they were still really close friends until he died. Yeah. And they would, like, call each other every day and all that. Um, right. So, it's really interesting to get an insight into that. I think that was one of the most interesting parts of the film where I was actually interested in their personal life. Yeah, yeah, now. yeah. Because it was, like, something that I wouldn't really quite understand until you sort of see it dramatized. Yeah, because they better, really love each appreciation
1: other. appreciation for it. Yeah. And they just can't. Be in a relationship.
0: I don't. You know for a little better than worse than segment at the end. I don't think I have uh, much of a better than. I, I've we've, seen we've quite swapped a. Because f- I forgot to think about it this time. That's okay. I, that's why um, we've seen. I've seen quite a few musical biopics. Some of my favourites that don't include Ray, which we're about to talk about. Yeah. There's, there's a really good Bob Dylan biography. Movie that came out in 2007 called "I'm Not There." Yes, where about eight different characters all play Bob Dylan. over the course of his life. Um, yeah, yeah something Heath Ledger, Christian Bale, Richard Gere, Kate Blanchett um, plays like the 60s blonde on blonde era Bob Dylan. That <laughs> one's really good. Um, "Nowhere Boy" is a film about John Lennon when he was growing up in Liverpool, like yep. right when he sort of met Paul when they were teenagers. That's pretty good. Yep. That's got Aaron Taylor Johnston from Kick-Ass playing John Lennon. Um, oh, that's right. Chris and Scott Thomas and um, one of them child actors who you'd know the face if they saw them. Uh, favorite, uh, <laughs> yeah. My, my <laughs> other favourite uh, musical biopic, and I think it's one of the best ever made, is Walk the Line, which is a movie about Johnny Cash. And yeah, I think okay. That as someone who couldn't give a fuck about Johnny Cash, I thought it's a fantastic movie. Really, really good. Walking right. Phoenix is in it. Um, I'll make it up and say I think he sings all the songs, but, I mean, probably not. Um, yeah, probably not. That's a really, really good film. Okay. I think all of those... That one I actually do want to check out. I think all of those were probably better than this. Right. Um, but and I, I would, they're all worth seeing. Would
1: I be right in saying that's because they're all stronger character studies of those
0: celebrities? Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I, think, I definitely think Walk the Lion is a great film. Right, so they're just better movies. Yeah, like okay. it, it walk the line could almost like if you didn't know who Johnny Cash was, you wouldn't really know it's based on a real person. Right, think like it's just this great character thing, and it happens that he's had this amazing, compelling life. Mm. Um, and similarly, the I'm Not There Bob Dylan one has this really weird arty kind of vignettes kind of style to it yeah. and I think it's just a bit more compelling when it's like that whereas this literally just felt like they had a they had a Wikipedia article out um, and we're just ticking off events
1: I didn't feel like that but I felt like it was queen porn it was like yeah. you just you you know you want to see the bands and then you're a boomer sitting around thinking that you've listened to this music your whole life and you absolutely love it and you think oh how good would it be to have been in that recording room where they told yeah. Mike Myers character to shove it up his ass yeah, exactly. and that they were yeah. going to release it anyway and, and then so, you get to see that and you get Get to like this was this movie felt one scene away from all four of the characters jumping into the air and freeze framing with their fists <laughs> up like that's what type of movie it is yeah um, um but it was on the really good side of those types of
0: movies well I, I see guess. I think I think the bits that were the bits that were the sucked were like that and the bits that were good were really good and I didn't even notice and I think the fact right. that it was kind of mixed I would agree with that. and it was kind of um, inconsistent was the reason why I didn't like it as much as other films sure. I don't, but, Heather, I don't have a I don't have a better uh, than though mostly because I feel like <laughs> if there's a musical biopic I'm not interested in or I've heard his crap I probably go and see, gone it. On to yeah, see it yeah no. yeah
1: no I certainly am not I mean I, d- I haven't seen any of the ones that you just listed I've seen Ray which is probably the only other musical biopic Ray, Ray I've seen. is also really good we'll talk about Ray it in a is better than this so yeah, yeah, yeah I think that so That would be my Great. Okay.
0: Um, Queen Bohemian Rhapsody definitely worth seeing, despite the criticism. Absolutely I think. net positive um, experience. Yeah. <laughs> head off. Head off and kiss. If
1: the Rotten Tomatoes is sixty three percent.
0: Yeah, so it's slightly yeah. higher. Yeah. Um, but I'm still- the
1: IMDb score is like eight point four. People on IMDb fucking love it. <laughs> That's what happens when you don't adjusts for <laughs> bias.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right, so we head on to Ray? Yeah. So, Ray is, uh, as we mentioned before, a film about the life and career of Ray Charles, mm. uh, created with inventing gospel, soul, R&B, kind of fusion-y music. And like 20 um, songs that you know. You've heard them. Even if you haven't heard them, you've heard them. He yeah. has recorded one of the most famous versions of Georgia on My Mind, um, Hi Lily or I Love Her So, Hit the Road Jack, a whole bunch of them. He's, He's one of those done, dudes yeah. where like, you'll listen to, be like, oh, that guy. Yeah. Um,
1: And then you'll hear another song and it'll be like, oh, this is also Ray Charles. And then you'll hear another song that you've known for your whole life and be like, that's also Ray Charles.
0: Maybe everyone knows who Ray Charles is.
1: But all I mean is like, I feel like... I think they do, but I think that more songs than people think that they know are Ray Charles.
0: But he's been around for so long, Ray Charles, as a performer that he has influenced some of the musicians that have now gone on now to be the most influential musicians of all time. Yeah, Like, I was reading a biography... Um, about the Beatles' early days and back when they were teenagers, and used to just fuck around. They were trying to learn how to play "What I Say," which is the song that starts the movie. Yep. Um, and back when they were playing clubs and bars and shit, Paul McCartney would do a version of "What I Say" that used to bring the house down.
1: Yeah, right. Um, and so um, and similarly to that's Queen, h- the
0: timelines of that blow my mind. Though. From the
1: start, similarly to Queen, um, just the most unbelievably, uh, foundationally brilliant music yeah, and in like, the world.
0: Just like watch and this is another one with the, the scene. some of the scenes in the studio are fantastic. This it, does that a lot better than Queen. Yeah, it really really looks yeah, exactly and it's the same yeah. sort of thing where like it's it's trying to show you the same thing like Ray Charles doing something a bit innovative in the studio and the studio guy has been like wow, this guy's amazing. But one it's thing, not literally like a guy looking straight down the camera and being like Ray Charles is good. Yeah, and it's, one thing that I, <laughs> I mean
1: they do literally do that but it's for some reason more believable. They yeah. say like it's lines like yeah, I know, but he's on fire. It's yeah. like, yeah, it should be stupid, but it's not. But one thing that I was going to say that, that it's interesting that they do, and I think this happens, they try to do this in Queen, but it doesn't quite come off in yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm just going to refer to it as Queen. Um, <laughs> is is that uh, you will see how events in Ray Charles' personal life, in, in, in Ray, the movie, yeah. you'll see how the events in his personal life affect him and then directly see how that affects... His actions in the recording studio and his choices yeah. as an artist, you'll see how that affects the surrounding band and vocals, and then you'll straight up hear how that ends up on the record. Yeah, absolutely. it's a really incredible process of um artist's life, how that affects the artist's art, and I think
0: that you know, yeah, right, and so I think thinking about it now that's that's maybe why i liked it a lot more than Rhapsody in rhapsody it's of much actually more the personal stuff because yeah. it kind of shows you how that personal stuff is relevant to the shit you actually exactly. care about i think the closest that the queen film got to that was like um freddie wrote this song called love of my life and he's like mm. because mary's the love of my life here's mary i'll go talk to mary it's for 20 you, minutes you mary you the love of my life yeah. <laughs> um hello mary yeah um you're like oh fine yeah (laughs) okay i believe that that's what Um, the song's about whereas i think that this gets the ray charles movie as you said gets you a lot more sort of abstract emotional kind of experiences that he has and sort of grounds them in his music yeah
1: and like for instance one of the one of the things so like one of the songs he's pissed off uh um one of the backing vocalists because he's She wants to be with him and he ends up getting with another woman. Yeah. And she's intentionally, she's drunk in the studio and she's, because she's angry with him. So his actions have influenced her mindset and she's drunk in the studio and she's intentionally throwing off the harmony. And he ends up saying like, fuck off, just go home. Right. And he's also like, uh, substance abusive and whatever. So he's, he's a bit of a train wreck. She's absolutely a train wreck. And so he kicks her out And he ends up saying Fuck it I'll do the backup vocals Yeah You just set the track recording I'm gonna do every single one You just loop it back I'll do the next one higher And the next one higher And that's actually What the song is So what you see is I didn't go back and listen to the song But yeah But that He's doing it on the song Mm. So And that that, The fact that they started with And maybe they Went back and Oh I'm sure they went back And looked through the history And maybe there's a grain of truth to this I suppose No
0: no one would have given a fuck About just watching Ray Charles Double track himself Exactly Unless you know That the reason he was doing that Is because he had to kick his
1: Backup dancers out because one of them was drunk because she was pissed that he slept with another woman, and 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 it it shows that process, that whole process. But they've built what they do is they because they're telling it to you chronologically, and it's not that you're reading it off a Wikipedia article as a fact. Yeah, it you don't know that that's what's (laughs) gonna end up as the song. Yeah, but it will, and they have to construct that whole narrative through. And there's a real artistry in this in this movie. of showing you that process of construction, which I really think makes it so strong.
0: Yeah, and I suppose it's all about picking and choosing the different aspects of his life as well, right? Because yeah. we saw in Wikipedia, dude had like 10 children to 12 women or something oh, ridiculous. God. The fact that they, we only then really saw him having a relationship with like three different women show that they very carefully picked the right ones. Yeah, because they are about 30. <laughs> propel the story forward, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, I thought that it was really, really great. And I really mm. liked the. And that comes... comes The th- thing you was talking about before comes back to the idea that they would flick between showing you scenes from his childhood and scenes from his adulthood um, and his as blindness well as you,
1: factoring in and how that affects what he, yeah. how, who he is and, and how he
0: records music and you, you really get the idea of helplessness at the start of the film mm. and then the experiences he has with his mother where his mother's like, you're going blind I'm going to show you how to do something twice and never again yep. you don't get help from me the third time because when you get into the real world, people aren't going to fucking help you and after it shows you that scene it really sort of Shows you him sort of starting to sort of toughen up and become more independent and stand up for himself. Yeah. And so, but um, it's cool the way they play with the time li- timelines like that, in order to sort of show his emotional progression through the film. Yeah, um, really good. There's a whole bunch of little cameos in this that are interesting for music history. So oh, yeah. his his buddy, who and as soon as he gets off the bus in, I think it's Atlanta, and there's the buddy with a trumpet outside, and he's like Quincy. That's Quincy Jones. Yeah, Quincy, yeah. Um, who uh, also a famous jazz musician, famous guy. Very, he recorded very the thrill. He produced the Thriller album with Michael Jackson. He recorded We Are yeah. the World.
1: Um, did he have a lot to do with? Um, I'm probably wrong here, but did he have a lot to do with Charlie Bird? Oh, maybe
0: yeah. He he's one of the biggest um, music producers of trumpet. all time. Yeah, yeah. right. And, but he's like some fucking twenty-year-old guy with a trumpet in this film. Yeah. Um, uh, Tatum uh, is the guy who's playing crazy jazz piano on stage um, when he first goes into the club, and uh, Ray's like, "Oh, this guy's amazing. Um, I've got one of his records. He's amazing." Yeah, Art Tatum's cool. another like well-respected jazz pianist um, from back in the day who, who was um, in- inspired Ray Charles a lot. Um, and I thought that was a cool little Easter egg because since I watched this film 10 years ago and then i watching this film now, I learned who that guy is and I've been listening to his shit. I'm like, oh, I missed that last time. Right, that's so cool. A little, little Easter eggs in it, yeah. Um, LA, it's when he's in LA, they're doing right. that.
1: So to give a, a, an overview of the story that it covers and like yeah. spoilers for Ray Charles' life, um,
0: <laughs> it starts I think, off- I think it's another one of those based on a true story films though, where if you don't know enough about it, it's compelling as a it's story. It's compelling. Absolutely. So, so if you don't know about yeah. it, go, on, go and watch it. <laughs> I think it is. I know you meant it as a joke, but like, I think it's often bullshit when people are like, no, it's not spoilers, because It's a it's historical fast, event. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but I'm ignorant. So I get yeah. to enjoy this for the first time. Yeah. And I certainly didn't <laughs> It's like know, Dunkirk. I didn't know how Dunkirk ended.
1: I I, I still don't. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so no spoilers, boy. I know how World War II ended. <laughs> exactly. It's <laughs>
0: yeah. even worse when you're like, it's World War II. And you're like, yeah. I still don't know yeah. what happened.
1: Yeah, but I don't know what... Fucking um, <laughs> Christopher Nolan is reflecting. <laughs> and then Tarantino movie. pulls his shit. Yeah. So Taylor Hackford is a director. Yeah. Um, and he really has not done much. So he's one of his biggest, you know, he directed Ray in two thousand four. He did yeah. one TV episode, and then his next movie was in twenty ten. Right. He's done probably nothing that you would have heard of. Uh, after that, before that, still really not much. So. Um, he's a bit of a white horse for this because this film is excellent. Um, I thought it was fantastic. And, and yeah. uh, you know, maybe he was more famous uh, sort of before our time, but uh, definitely not a particularly well-known director. Um, and yeah. to take on something kind of as ambitious and, um, you know, I think he's just a white dude from California. So to take on something as ambitious as this uh, and, and do such a good job of it, I hope... Yeah. Um, is really fascinating. Again, an incredibly strong performance from the protagonist. Jamie Fox is Incredible. unbelievably good. I he is, he becomes Ray Charles, like he, yeah. you know, in the same he does way. Does all that the little
0: mannerisms and movements. He walks
1: like Ray Charles does. Yeah. He actually, I don't know if you had heard this, but he met Ray Charles because Ray Charles died in two thousand and four. Really? So they've got recording of of um, oh, that's yeah awesome. that he, he actually before they maybe before they started shooting. Um, I think they got the month. He died a month before the movie was going to premiere. Yeah. So yeah. like he you know, they had a chance to kind of get to know each other and I think that's that, awesome. Um, Ray sort of Ray read the script gave, I gave the blessing that on, on. Ray read yeah. the
0: script and there was one one or two scenes in the film where he was like, Oh no, change that. Um, yep. and other than that, um, that might be an interesting spoiler actually for towards the end of the film, when Ray is in the bathroom and one of the groupies he's in a relationship with walks in and him shooting up heroin. Yeah. Um, And he's like, don't ever do heroin around me. I'm not going to show you. Don't do that shit. Apparently, the original version of the script had Ray like showing her how to do heroin. Right. And he was like, no, I didn't do that. I never did that. Don't do that. And then later in the film, <laughs> when, when that singer, in the, in the film, that singer overdoses on heroin. And
1: yeah, Ray, yeah, like yeah, partially yeah, yeah.
0: blames himself or whatever because he yep. was having substance abuse problems. I don't know whether that's, I don't know what what is true. happened in real life. Yeah. But apparently they changed that. Right. Which okay. is kind of I don't know. <laughs> it's cool that they changed that, I suppose. Yeah,
1: really interesting. But I think just the fact, you know, like obviously Remy Malik didn't get a chance to meet Freddie Mercury, you would have had to study him, get advice yeah. from
0: people who knew him. But- Remy Remy Malik met Freddie Mercury's sister. Yeah, right. Okay. And apparently, got, got he got the he said the, the the coolest bit was getting the blessing from Brian from the and Roger and, and from the, the sister and all that. And yeah, so it's like, super neat. neat. you yeah. imagine getting the blessing from
1: fucking Freddie Mercury, you know, because that's what yeah. Jamie Fox got. And
0: um, I watched one of them interviews. that's you know, it, it's like uh, <laughs> I watch one of them interviews. <laughs> a linguist analyzes the movie accents in yeah, twenty right. different movies, and one of them was him analyzing um Ray Jamie Fox's Ray Charles accent. and He says he's like fucking nailed it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, he does an incredible job. Um, apparently, the because he has his glasses off a fair bit in the film. Yeah, um, he wore prosthetics over his eyes that actually made him effectively blind while he right. was wearing them. So, you know, I, I think he probably lent into that a fair bit and I mean, kind of would have worn them as much as possible. In the same way as um, the teeth thing, maybe, yeah. Yeah, to, to try and um, figure out how he would have moved around.
0: Yeah, I suppose um, so. I suppose it's also it's hard, though, because Ray Charles obviously has, like, the benefit of, like, at least 20 years' experience. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. so I think it's, you know, e- even then, even more so. Um, very impressive that yeah. he managed to kind of capture that. And he is a weird dude. Like, he's got... Some really strange mannerisms. He walks funny. The way he plays the piano, he sways back and forth a lot famously. Yeah. Like, he um, went blind when he was seven. Yeah, so, so you know, but yeah. I'm not sure why that would cause someone to sway, but he does it anyway. And that's yeah. the thing. Not all of his mannerisms are directly attributable to the fact that he's blind. Yeah. Like, he leans backwards. He's got a weird posture. A weird, like, head so, tilt thing. Yeah, and so it's and kind and of Jay-hook like... nails it. Maybe he, because he's blind, he doesn't like observe his own behavior a lot and he doesn't realize that it's weird and most people don't do that that's very possible but <laughs> either way Jamie Foxx really absolutely nails the character yeah absolutely um, very 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 strong performance strong performance from almost everyone else in the film I, I think they're think. all great yeah it's a at points very troubling story um, you know yeah, it was back in absolutely uh, back in the time where heroin was well, I, I don't know if it still is but back in the time where heroin was absolutely huge in in jazz circles And, of course, like, no one really knew the dangers back then. Or if they did, they kind of ignored them, as I guess some people do now. And uh, (laughs) it was really, you know, you watch it really take its toll on him over time. Um, And I, I think it does a really good job of pacing, balancing, pacing his personal life out with showing you the development of his music over time where his ideas came from who was around him when he was coming up with certain ideas because like you know he had managers that started off with him when he was just when he got off that bus in LA they were
0: like to fuck him that over he met in the that.
1: first club well no friends that he kept the whole way because oh, he right, ditched yeah. some yeah. but then you know towards the end yeah he picks up another couple of people that that are clearly using him and you know he yeah. causes he alienates
0: all of his friends about it and, and I I think this is a great example of doing the movie well doing the movie in a way that you didn't just want to see the big bit at the end like with the queen one well, Maybe that, there is yeah no there wasn't the end, a really big like, bit um, the yeah. whole movie was really compelling and interesting I think they could and have made a big bit my my gripe then, obviously, going back to the Queen thing, was that it could have been as good as Ray, and it could have yeah, had absolutely. all the emotional beats that this did, absolutely, um, and maybe gone through some of the darker stuff that Ashton Baron Cohen wanted yeah, in mean, order you, to have that you be know, compelling. You watch and- him go through rehab in Ray, you know, like yeah. you watch
1: him um, do heroin a bunch. Like I think the movie's yeah. M A. Um, it's M A. for a reason, and I think Bohemian Rhapsody was M. It's yeah. clearly a lighter touch, and I'm sure that there wasn't less going on in Freddie Mercury's life than there was in Ray's <laughs> life. So no, exactly. It just goes to show what they're kind of skimming over. Um, yeah. No, so, I so yeah, I, I, I thought it was. I mean, it's an excellent. I'm trying to think of what people might want to hear about it. Um, it's a really interesting. It's, it's
0: another one of these. Even if you don't care about Ray Charles, I think it's well. Uh, see, I don't know. No, it doesn't I think matter. Ray I think Charles has matter. been such yeah. an instrumental part of, like, I think my, my parents have. Like played it since I was a kid. Yeah, my all, parents all have his got music. his music. Yeah, yeah. Um So I, I'm really familiar with his music and that sort of keeps you going throughout the film. I think it would be difficult not to, but yeah. I was,
1: I, you know, I'm not a big fan. I mean, like I am actually a big fan now, but mm-hmm. um, when I first saw the film, I don't think I was old enough quite to be a big fan. Yeah. And, uh, and I was compelled anyway. Um, I was really, I, I remember renting this DVD and, you know, it was one of those ones where I rented it probably as a young teenager. And I You're like, just, what the hell is this? No. And I watched it. I knew, I knew what it was about. I knew who Ray Charles was, but I watched it and I watched it again and again and again. Cause I was absolutely compelled by the quality of the film itself, not just, yeah. you know, um, I'm just going to move this, hang on.
0: Yeah.
1: Absolutely compelled by the quality of the film itself, not just kind of relying on the, the music of the person to, yeah, absolutely. to push it forward. So I think it's a really excellent film. There's yeah. some interesting, so it was made in 2004 and it does... There are a couple of things where you notice that it's sort of. We've moved on for five, 14 years in, in, <laughs> in the film industry. It's got a couple of. Um, it's got a cut that is like a, a clearly CGI record comes up on the screen and sort of spins around, and then we get to see like the next scene through the eye of the record <laughs> and <laughs> oh, shit. I that was all right. Yeah, it's cheesy, but yeah. you know, um, it did. It felt a bit Ocean's Eleven. And uh, I noticed that the. I don't know if it's because it was recorded on film or. I, I mean, I don't know if digital recording was a big thing back then. I, I'm yeah. not sure kind of when that move happened, but they it was a very cold color palette. I don't know if you noticed that. It was a very...
0: Yeah, I suppose so. I, not consciously, no. The colors felt really flat. Yeah, um, right. No, I definitely did notice that, yeah. So,
1: yeah, I don't know. It was interesting. And then you get these um, these moments where he's back in his sort of uh, birth town um, with yeah. his mom and, and it's all it's got that really bright kind of really red saturated dirt as well. and green and was oversaturated with colors. Yeah. And, and I think it was interesting that, you know, they made that choice to reflect back when he was a kid and he could still see as being those really bright, saturated colors. As an yeah, adult, okay. yeah. we, you know, we're we're obviously around him, but I think as his vision has been lost and he's had to kind of make his own way in the world, you know, he says one one at one point in the movie, like, I go everywhere I go alone in the dark. And yeah. I don't know... You know, obviously the the rest of the film kind of in black since he lost his vision. But as the audience, I think <laughs> I think we get a little. Move. It would be a very very <laughs> strong move. Um, but I think we get a little bit of of like his the the sense that he has that the world is not as it once was for him. Yeah. You know. Um, no, and, yeah, and I think doing that through those the, those dull and tones is really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there was one moment where. So I recently I was looking up this video on like the difference between shutter speed and frames per second. And if you're recording at like a ridiculously high shutter speed, but your frames per second stay the same, or something like, like that, like that I'm motion getting this blur way. thing. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's like it's not motion blur, but you capture less over the same period of time, so you get like more still frames, and the action looks really choppy. They use it in a lot of action movies because characters yeah. look like they're moving faster, but they're actually covering the same distance in the same number of frames. I'm not quite <laughs> sure how it works. Um, but every frame is really sharp. So you actually, it's the opposite of that. It's where you get no motion blur.
0: Right. But
1: each frame is separated by more distance. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, So it's less smooth, but more clear. And um, uh, they do that on occasion when he's playing the piano. I noticed it a couple of times when he's really getting fucking into it. So they've chosen to like represent a few of his more intense artistic moments in the same, with the same techniques that action directors use. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, yeah. I don't know. Other than that, like <sighs> the way that you learn some really interesting things about the way that he navigates the world as a, as a um, visually impaired person. Um the way that he and I, I like the way that it's introduced at first one of the one of my favorite conversations in the movie was um when he's talking to someone who i think they ask they they ask a question like how do you get around yeah and he's just like, because how do you, do you get
0: around with a dog or a cane
1: without yeah so well by yourself and he's like how do you get around so well by yourself and then the guy's like oh sorry i was just asking And yeah. he, and he kind of like backs off and he's like you know, he, he it's, <laughs> he, then he says like, like,
0: my ears are better than yours. <laughs> you no, know, he,
1: he says the thing about wearing hard sole shoes and tapping on the walls yeah. and everything. So he can hear the echoes change. Mm. But it's almost like he plays that close to his chest and he doesn't want to like give up the secrets of how he's so independent to someone until yeah. like, and even then the, the, you know, they have to kind of, his initial response is to like push someone away about it and just be like, man, fuck you. I get around the world the same way as you do. Yeah. But obviously not. And then he has to kind of open up and be vulnerable about how he manages to overcome yeah. his his kind of disability. <laughs> I think it's an so, interesting
0: enough question. Like, come on, right? It's a valid question. It is, but <laughs> and, and
1: I think it says a lot about his character that he is kind of closed off about yeah. the 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 coping mechanisms that he's yeah. come up with. Yeah. Um, and also it's fucking interesting that we watch that happen on screen. You know, like I, they've chosen to include some really interesting. Um, Personal moments in this movie well, and they're done in really compelling ways. And I think
0: I think there's a lot of that stuff where it's easy to say, what is it like to be a blind fa- a blind famous guy? Yeah. And to the point where like they show that like he always has to be paid in single-dollar bills. Because otherwise you
1: could count out and say like 10, 20, 30, and, and be handing him like one dollar notes, yeah. but you can't split
0: it any less. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I, I thought that was kind of cool. Like, yeah. But it was also like one of those things where like it's such a minute little detail but yep. no one's going to be like, "Hold on, how is he getting paid?" because soon as of a they show really like anyway. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, it's really interesting <laughs> yeah. when you find out.
1: It's super yeah. cool. Some of those those are some of the best moments in the film where you do get this little insight into like, "Oh fuck, this guy's he has to be so clever because if he's not
0: clever, yeah. like like when he's trying to get on the bus and the racist bus driver won't let him on. Because yeah. he's like, I don't want to deal with some black guy and he yeah. lies about being a war veteran. Yeah, and, and the was like, like... Oh, I'm sorry, I am not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. sir. I'll help you out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's And cool. it's like,
1: well, yeah, he is, you know... Uh, yeah, that's... He's kind of stealing valor in a way, but... Yeah. Um... He kind of dig it because he, he's he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's doing it against this exactly. racist guy <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like well yeah why why would you respect a veteran over a person of color in a way? Like, yeah. there's no reason to hold those things hierarchized. So yeah,
0: or I, I think it's more like he, he he didn't like that he was black, but as soon as he was black but also a veteran, it's yeah like, it's, no it's, it's yeah. and
1: it's a hierarchization where yeah, it's yeah. like okay well the fact that you're a veteran overtakes the fact that you're black. <laughs> so yeah, I think it was um, the the moments where he triumphed. Over um, his uh, vision, and um, I guess like, or like the
0: challenges in his life, as and all an that. extension beyond that, yeah. yeah,
1: exactly, and and the drugs. You're like, hey, you you fuck, really, yeah. y- you know, he's not necessarily always the good guy. Like um, the
0: big, the big bit at the end, I suppose, is when he, um, in terms of triumph, and that is when he gets um, unbanned from playing Georgia. Yeah, and it okay. zooms, like, that's years I, in the That's
1: what I was thinking. Actually, it yeah. could have, it definitely could have stopped. Um, at that concert or beforehand. Yeah. Well, I guess it nearly did stop at that concert. But, like, yeah. one thing that, that was interesting about the pacing of this movie is that I noticed, like, you know when you happen to mouse over the the window yeah. and, like, the scroll bar shows up? <laughs> and you're like, fuck, he's going through rehab, which is, like, a, a core point of this yeah. movie, 15 minutes before the end of this <laughs> two-and-a-half-hour movie. Yeah. So... I was like, fuck, what happens after this? And it's just like, <laughs> and, you know, spoiler alert. He goes through
0: rehab too.
1: He goes through rehab and kind of gets clean, and that's kind of it. Yeah. It's like his life's no, way better oh, and he keeps releasing really great music yeah. and he's well-liked, Yeah, you know? Um,
0: <laughs> he goes through rehab his music isn't as good he's not as successful and he looks straight down the camera and goes man I wish I was on heroin now
1: (laughs) I was better on the oxy
0: (laughs) I think that's probably all we've got to say about Ray right I thought it was really good Um, it's a great film I would probably recommend watching
1: it above watching Bohemian Rhapsody one is much more spectacular um, but Ray is a much better film
0: I think I think I enjoy, uh, yeah I think I enjoyed them equally. I think there were just a lot of moments in Bohemian Rhapsody. were like, oh come on!
1: I would rather. I, I think you know if I had to uh, go to a desert island with one of these, it would yeah, be, it would be Ray. I think it's a more interesting story. It's uh, better yeah, exactly. Told. And I
0: think I, I'm just annoyed because I know there's an interesting story hiding in the Bohemian Rhapsody film that they're just not presenting properly. The, the
1: thing that Bohemian Rhapsody did for me was yeah. I wanted to see that movie or a slightly better version of it. I guess. <laughs> made and i was talking to you about this yeah. about led zeppelin
0: that'd be cool which
1: would be fucking cool and yeah. i actually should look up if there are any like biopics like, made about them but they haven't been particularly huge if they are no. so i want a big multi-million dollar massive led zeppelin biopic yeah. and deep purple as well
0: yeah it'd be yeah. good and pink
1: floyd yeah just I, do I, for I, all I, of the big good <laughs> 60s 70s 80s rock would be coming Fuck um
0: yeah Yeah, I definitely think, and all the biopics I mentioned before. So, Nowhere Boy is the one about John Lennon's childhood. Um, uh, Walk the Line is the one about John Lennon. And I'm Not There is the one about Bob Dylan. All of those are worth watching as well. Um, I think the most interesting one, if you don't give a crap about any of those musicians, is probably the Johnny Cash one. The Johnny Cash one's a fantastic one. Yeah, I am going to watch that one. Joaquin Phoenix is incredible. Um, Great. Should we hit it with the news then? Yeah, let's do it. Fantastic. So you are carrying the bulk of the news this week (laughs) Great Um, A Toy Story 4 teaser trailer has been released Yes, I saw that With Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele uh, As little guest characters I didn't even really realise that they were making a Toy Story 4 No And
1: I don't i mixed feelings about this It's pretty funny
0: because Toy Story 3 was such a great ending It
1: ended it ended it like perfectly. It ended it. Yeah, it's done. They gave the toys away. That's what happens at the end of toys.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, oh,
1: I'm I'm disappointed in them for doing a fourth. They should have just been brave and said it. It feels Disney becoming real shit because I mean, as yeah. if they haven't always been, but it feels like they're becoming so risk averse that they're falling into the Marvel trap where they're just going <laughs> to make the same movie twenty times. It's like no, you know what would be great? Releasing a new Disney IP. That would be great. That would be <laughs> But I would... Oh, I want that so much more
0: than I want Toy Story 4. Yeah, and know? I mean, like, when you get the new IP, it's often really good, like, that... um It is. It's always excellent. With Big Hero 6, Big Hero 6 was yeah. there, wasn't it? That? that was great. That was great. You're right. Yeah. Disney
1: films are great. Yeah. Even exactly. Finding Dory, it was just like, oh, man, it's been 14 years. I don't care. I don't yeah. want this. I want something <laughs> new. It was good. Yeah, it was good. But I wanted something new. Yeah. Um, I, every time they announce a sequel, I get disappointed. Yeah.
0: Um, and yeah, I mean I thought the same way about Toy Story 3 like oh fuck really Toy Story 3 and then Toy Story 3 was great so like I hope I hope it's good um, but yeah yeah whatever yeah. Um, I mean I we think were, it'll be good I yeah. just don't want it one we have to mention this week probably is that Stan Lee died this yeah. week he was 95 I think that's one of the things I wasn't sad I was like yeah he's, he was fucking 95 yeah he had a good one he was born in 1922 <laughs> and invented Spider-Man <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep yep <laughs> very very good yes um Created or co-created Black Panther, Spider-Man, the X-Men, Thor, Iron Man, the Fantastic Four, the Hulk, Daredevil, um, among countless other characters. Um, I read somewhere that he's technically the highest grossing actor of all time because he has those cameos in all the Marvel movies. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean,
1: you know... I've never really been much of a comic book guy. Absolutely iconic. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not a big fan. Um, There was some unfortunate colorings towards the... sort of later parts of his life um that if people feel yeah just some uh alleged sort of sexual abuse charges and he was really uh Basically abused by his la- last manager, oh, uh, fuck. which really sucks. So, you know, uh, yeah, some rough stuff happened to him and I don't think he was a perfect hero, yeah. um, but by all accounts... Famously, uh, like, such a great generous guy, stuff. though. And also, uh, you know, one a, a rare gem from a political perspective where I think he was yeah. always uh, massively in favor of kind of equality... I yeah. I uh, saw an interview with him where he said one of the best things about Spider-Man is that you know Peter Parker is a is a white dude, but um, he recognizes that one of the reasons why he's so universally loved is because you could be black or Mexican or Asian and be under that mask. Yeah. Um. You know, and <laughs> and that was why, and he thought that was just brilliant that sort of anyone could enjoy that character and and want to be that character. Um, yeah. And he really liked that, so I think yeah he had a. A good set of base principles, I think, yeah um, and, um,
0: uh, I mean, and famously such a generous guy, so 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 seemed to love being in the entertainment industry and just making people happy um and all that, yeah, so <laughs> sorely missed uh people are posting like Stanley Exilsior, I don't know what that's from, but it certainly sounds like a good reference to go yeah, out it's of. From um lines. uh t- Disney is doing another live action version of one of their old animated movies. This is gonna be Great. this is gonna be a live action version of Dumbo directed cool. by Tim Burton. Oh yeah, okay. Which would be weird ass. A Tim Burton Dumbo. Well, I hope movie. he
1: just is on acid every single day he's directing that movie because that's the only way it'll be good.
0: Dude, Tim Burton is re- is directing a redo of the nineteen forty one Dumbo, starring Michael Keaton, Eva Green, Colin Farrell, and Danny DeVito.
1: I like all of those people. Yeah.
0: Sorry? I like all of yeah, those people. Yeah, it'll be so it sounds. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, and be- best of all, <laughs> screenplays being penned by some someone who wrote the screenplay for Ghost in the Shell and some recent Transformers Uh-oh. movie. Uh-oh. So we're fucked. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's...
1: Gonna be gonna be a good one. Gonna be <laughs> yeah, exactly. Great. So there's,
0: there are trailers out for the Toy Story one, and there's a trailer out for that live action Dumbo movie as well. If you're interested, um, there's going to be a Breaking Bad movie that yeah. we're not quite sure about any of the details, but people think it's going to be. There's bits of information that have been released that makes people think that it might be following Jesse. And what did you watch Breaking Bad? Yeah, yeah. So it's, they think it's going to be following what the character of Jesse does um, after the events of after Breaking the Bad. events of Breaking Bad. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of
1: the only place, because like everyone's shitty before it starts, yeah. And then when it ends, you know, famously, <laughs> not possible to do some other things. So <laughs> spo- no, why don't they do a, a
0: spin-off where they show you what happens to Walter White after the events of Breaking Bad? Uh, they, they, could, they just does that, that could that could be the camera one. spins
1: around <laughs> while they're showing you what happens to him, but
0: yeah. yeah. Um, he is oh, my, my favorite, I my favorite story that. from this week, and I think we could probably go out on this unless you've got sure. something. No. Um, Ennio, this is one of those things where like a story comes out and then someone says, No, that didn't happen. It's like, Yes, it did. No, it did. Yes, first story came out and it said, Ennio Marcone. <laughs>
1: So, famous for doing most of the music for the good, the bad, and the ugly.
0: Um, gave an interview to a, a German version of Playboy recently, Fuck <laughs> in yeah. which he called Quentin Tarantino a cretin <laughs> who makes trash movies. Fuck yeah. In Italian, the man is a cretin, Morricone says. He just steals from others and puts it together again. There's nothing original about that. Nice. He's, he's not a director either. So,. Not- so not comparable to real Hollywood greats like John Huston, Alfred Hitchcock, or Billy Wilder. They were great. Tarantino was just cooking up old stuff.
1: Wow! <laughs> I bet it really hurts Tarantino to <laughs> he hear that.
0: <laughs> he continued to call out Tarantino's worth ethic. Yeah, he just called me up out of nowhere and wanted to have finished films go within days, which is impossible. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me crazy it's just not possible And I t- <laughs> he did, did he do Hateful eh? yeah, and I told yeah, him that would be the last time next time I'll be tough, then he can kiss me um, <laughs> so then any American, he came out and said that's totally false, I didn't say that I didn't even give an interview with German playboy oh uh, fuck <laughs> I've never called Tarantino a, quentin, and I c- a cretin and I certainly do not <gasps> consider his films garbage um, and they're going to sue that thing and then
1: Playboy, so good. Playboy
0: came out and doubled down and like, no, it's a real interview. Absolutely, no, he definitely said that it's what? real. And then he was like, no, I fucking didn't. This has been going on all week, man. Um, Where <laughs> was
1: he at that
0: time? I don't know. Surely that that settles it, right? I mean, were you in Germany? <laughs> I don't want to tell you about the invention of the telephone, man. But um...
1: well, if it was a phone interview, then surely they recorded it. Just yeah, release I mean, they... the recording. <laughs>
0: yeah, ex- yeah, exactly.
1: Um, that is a very fucking easy question to answer without needing to go into legal disputes. I feel. <laughs>
0: Uh, so, the interviewer from German Playboy, Marcel Anders, says he had made a terrible mistake by including, quote, incorrect quotes, in which Marconi trashed that. right correct.
1: Incorrect, i.e. fucking made up. <laughs> oh, God.
0: Anders, who interviewed Marconi at his home in Rome over summer on Wednesday, released a statement saying, I sincerely apologise to the maestro and everyone involved. I should have stuck to the original interview conducted in Rome. And what? <laughs> and I should not have added anything that is incorrect. This is a mistake to do. That's... Literally fucking libelous, isn't it? I guess it? I just made shit up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's literally taking him to... He's going to sue him. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, this is a rare case where I think absolutely sue that fucker. Yeah. Because like, that like, was clearly just done for publicity. If
0: you're Quentin Tarantino, any MRO Cody calls you up and he's like... Dude, I'm so sorry Yeah, like, I didn't say any of this yeah, like, sure. what did you yeah, not say yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is crazy fucking story well, I was getting updates like every couple days It's like oh man another yeah. <laughs> another man in this saga oh, uh, <laughs> I actually do have a couple of news stories oh, Um, just right. a, a, a you few f- you forgot you'd had them prepared a few yeah, real quick one ones one. Yeah, yeah I
1: did yeah that's right Um, the Grinch yeah, right. um, the new one is topping the US box office is Jim Carrey in that one again I don't believe so.
0: Oh, fuck. Well then. I
1: do not believe so.
0: Yeah, okay. great, right, well,
1: <laughs> let's ignore that then. But
0: it could be. I don't know. Why the fuck wouldn't you wait till Christmas? It's November.
1: Uh, It's close, I guess. No,
0: that's a Christmas movie. Look, Literally, man. like...
1: I agree with you. <laughs> it's
0: insane. If they're releasing it in November, release it in December.
1: Oh, I think Benedict Cumberbatch voices this Grinch. Oh, Jesus. Okay. I how much I haven't looked into
0: it. <laughs> no, there you go. Well, I'll just watch
1: the original animated <laughs> one. But also the one that I wanted to end on, which a um, little bit of a bummer, but also kind of interesting, is great. the guy who voiced Hal 9000 from, from s- 2001 one yeah. Space Odyssey it died. Oh, great. So, yeah. Good riddance. A-
0: an incredibly no. <laughs> famous voice. Yeah, well, one, of the, one of those people, he probably, everyone's probably heard yeah, his voice Douglas, and no one knows. Douglas Rain, I've never heard of yeah, him. Yeah, like, everyone's probably heard his voice but no one knows who he is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Just like so, um, one of yeah. the, I saw some articles saying like, oh, the most famous, one of the most famous photographers on the planet and it was like this guy, you've never heard of him and he's the guy that took the photo that was the Windows XP desktop background. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Funny. it's probably... a. About all the time we have for yeah, this week's episode of Beef Station. Uh, thanks for joining us for another week. You can like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash Pod. Um, I think we've been pretty good with seeing brand new movies recently. So yeah, we haven't been had been a chance a to do effort. many listener suggestions. Yeah. We're dipping into those when we sort of run out of stuff to do. So I think after the Oscar season finishes down and dies down a bit, we'll be able to get back into those. Yeah, so if you want, want to try Anderson and watch
1: yeah? most films that are coming Moscars. out yeah exactly yeah.
0: but um, after that if you want to send us any suggestions if we have a if we have a, um, a week where we're <laughs> scrounging for stuff to do by all means we'll dip into that if you just want to get in touch we've Beef still got St- a
1: backlog but feel yeah, free absolutely. to update it
0: beefstationpod at gmail.com yeah, correct um, also
1: as I said Facebook is a shit platform and it's bullshit so yep. we've got Twitter now like Twitter. us on Twitter
0: that's at beefstationpod That's it. Join us in three weeks when we'll make an Instagram as well and we'll sell our souls to every social media platform. Twitter is the best social media platform. (laughs) I'm trying to to convert people. Anyway. Thanks for joining us for another week. I'm Oscar. Andrew. See
1: you later.